he didn't slam you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you, and rubbing son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing News and Results. We are in week two, I think, season two in 2022. I'm Peter Wilco Wilkinson. I'm back. Haven't been on one of these podcasts for a little while. We did a two and a half hour episode the other night that I've got to edit together and get out to you all for our anniversary. But this is back. We're back to news and results. And a little bit of a change tonight. This is just news and results. You're not going to hear much from uh, me and the other two guys here about uh, what's going on in our world. We talked about that at length the other night, uh, and we'll talk about that again fairly soon as well. Uh, but this is just news and results. There's not a lot of news. We've 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 padded it out, I think. But I'm joined by Braden Martin. How are you going, mate? Um, yeah, all right. <laughs> not too bad. <laughs> it's been an interesting couple of days, but uh, yeah, nah, glad to be here to have a chat. I can top your day. I'll go run you through it in a sec. Just quickly. It won't be a huge one, but I'll, I'll run you through it in a sec. But I'm also joined by the absolutely beautiful Alex McKellar, mate. How are you going? <laughs> I don't know about beautiful, but <laughs> I'm doing well, mate. Had a great race uh, week of racing. Uh, big broadcast last night and uh, looking forward to a chat tonight. Yes, it's going to be good fun. Uh, so quickly, before we get into all the stupid shenanigans that we've been doing, or no, actually just using results, uh, we'll talk to talk about uh, Brewster Coffee. Go to brewster.coffee and find out your local uh, coffee haunts. Uh, go find out some new ones. Go let people know about that cool little coffee you had down at the little place uh, that wasn't flooded so other people can get there if uh, everything else was flooded. However, tonight we're here to talk about cool news and results. Now, Brayden, quickly, my day started with a sleep-in. I was getting oh. messages at 5.15. I had already had someone down. We got a second person went down at 5.45. All of a sudden, we're two drivers down, uh, which is a van down. So then I had to try and track down another van. Got to work finally. Had to go back away from work to, to get this van. Then back to work. And then someone got bogged. So I had to go tow them out and went into town to get stuff. Three phone calls on the way there. Then a phone call about. So this is the important part, right? This is a present that someone was getting from us. We had to deliver to them. We had to stop it immediately because it was an engagement present. Okay. Old mate never popped the question. So <laughs> I had to go around. It took me half an hour. I could not find, I could not get this guy to answer his phone who, who had the parcel on board. Then I'm driving around, just randomly driving around his area trying to find him. I'm getting his his ping for his last delivery and it was like half an hour ago, which is the same time I can't get a hold of him. I'm like, oh, no, has something actually happened? And then I'd see him backing out of a driveway 200 metres down the road. Went and got the parcel, saved this person the embarrassment of sending an engagement present to someone who wasn't engaged yet um, and then missed my movie ticket that I was going to buy to go watch the Batman and just drove home and was sad for the rest of the day. So that was, that was only a 12 like a six-hour window of things that happened to me today. but um, That sounds like a very Wilco day, I won't lie. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, this is just normal. Like, I can't be mad. Um, but let's get I'm, I am impressed because whenever I lose a parcel with Australia Post, it never gets found that quickly, I'm just saying. <laughs> we try. We do our best. Uh, so let's get into it. So we, we've racked together some news. We haven't been on for a couple of weeks, really. So we had week 13 off as is a now a, a prominent thing. Uh, we had our anniversary stream for sort of week one and we're back now for week two, I guess. This is by the time it gets out. But let's start with the thing we dropped on Friday night uh, during the anniversary stream. Our branded Locked On Lads TV is taking on Sunday Night Lights in a broadcasting showdown to rule them all. 
uh, when we take over the Australasia Supercars E-Series. We're actually going to be doing it, I said May 8th. Um, things have happened, and I think Carl's going to try and do it this Sunday night for their last two rounds of the current season. So uh, we will have a little bit more of that. Obviously, they'll get a little bit of a talking about for their results because we'll be there watching it, so it'll be some of the stuff that we can actually cover. Um, but, yeah, go check out Raymond Yeager's uh, Oval Racing Series with V8 Supercars. So always going to be good fun. And, um, yeah, so Carl will hopefully be covering that for us this Thursday night. Oh, sorry, this Sunday night. Uh, and, yeah. Oh, so you've taken me to part-time commentator as well. Yes, I have. <laughs> he's, he's, he's actually producing for us because I'll be um, – Halfway to Ellie Beach by then, so I won't be able to do it nice. myself. But yes, I've, nice. I've stolen everything from you. In fact, we're just oh, going to. No wonder he's not responding to my messages, Chiefers. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't the one who picked him up for this Sunday, actually. So, um, but you like our new live our overlays. It's got a little green tinge to it as well. So, we're... well, that, that makes up for everything then. <laughs> no, it's going to be really good. So I've been mucking around all afternoon trying to get overlays ready for said thing, but. Um, pretty excited and um yeah it's gonna be pretty interesting if you are looking to sponsor said stream uh let us know hit us up hit me up anywhere facebook lockdownlads.com slash discord hit me up uh we are like i said that'll be every uh sunday night for a full 12 week season so and we'll see where we go from there but we'll go oh, into... that's just quickly that's oval v8s is that right yes it is yeah oval v8s which is pretty cool it's been a series it's been around for a fair few seasons now that's at least a year or so since i tried to race in it i reckon uh, but it was under full throttle back then and, and a few other uh bits and pieces and it's changed hands but raymond yeager's been doing it now for about six months i think and the yeah. overall rounds in the uh vae series always looked like a bit of fun so should be good yeah it definitely should be good and um actually you'll be jealous and if we can get our team big enough for our commentary team and broadcasting team hopefully I might even race one or two of them because it'll get my oval fixed and my V8 fixed that I'm not getting at the moment by a not racing in the oval in the in the V8s and not qualifying for NXR. So might be the perfect little mix, but we'll see. Uh, let's get into the actual cool, inspiring stuff now. It hit Facebook on yesterday or, or, or early this morning or something. You know, a lot of people sharing it. Or mainly David Haynes is where I saw it and through Aussie Car uh, on Facebook. But Sean McKenzie, a guy we've been driving and bumping wheels with for a fair few seasons now, one of the the people who's actually, is he Aussie Car Racing Team as well? So he's part of the Aussie he's Car now, Racing yeah. Team? Um, yeah. And, yeah, been been in the series for oh, many different cars, I think, for a fair, fair long time now. But made his debut on the weekend, I think it was, for Formula V, went around racing in Formula V. Did, did you catch how he went, Brayden? I didn't know. I was tempted to go have a look, but I know he's been doing some YouTube videos on his YouTube channel, so I kind of didn't want to spoil the result. I wanted to wait for his video to come out so I could um, have a watch and see how he went sort of through that way. But it's pretty exciting to see someone from the, the little humble sim community that we're a part of getting out there and you know buying an actual Formula V and giving it a crack. Yeah, no, it's pretty exciting. I would actually, I'd, I'd pay money to get McKellar in one just to see how he went. Um, have you ever been tempted, McKellar, at all to, to splash the money out and, and get yourself a race car or what? Mate, uh, 
You'd have to pay a lot to get one to fit me just quietly, <laughs> but or the other way around. The closest thing I could think of maybe is the um, the uh, what are the Aussie cars? Yeah, the um, Aussie, Aussie racing cars. Yeah, yeah. I even watched that. Josh Rogers was going around at at um, uh, Simmons Plains on the weekend. Started on pole, had some car trouble, finished third. But um, I figure, you know, they're they're kind of similar. They've got a motorbike engine. You could run around in them, and that'd be interesting. But again, a six foot for an you know uh, grown man proportions, you, you struggle to get into uh, into something like that. But otherwise, yeah, I reckon I reckon I like it. So I'd love to have a crack, but uh, as yet, yet to bite the bullet and anything. I did see a Rogers at the front when I was on the broadcast, but I was kind of sort of half watching and not really watching, and I was kind of like. Every time I see like names now when I'm watching especially all those development series and <laughs> things like that, I'm like, mm, that name, that sounds like a sim name. Have I raced them before? Is that a name I'm familiar with? Sorry, like, jo- jo- did I say Rogers? Josh Anderson. Sorry. Oh, Anderson. Yeah, okay, Josh yeah, Anderson. Sorry. King. In my my view, he is dead set the king of uh, Bathurst on iRacing. You put him in anything and he'll go close to winning any race at Bathurst. Yeah. Josh Anderson. Yeah. He, and... Before he got his microphone, he'd be typing a novel at the same time coming down the mountain. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Look, it is, and I, I do get the same thing, especially when, you, like I said, you're watching either stand for the for the motorsport madness weekends or whatever they have, Speedway Week or Speed, Speed Week and stuff like that. You, you are seeing names and you're like, eh, where do I know them, them from? But it is really good to see someone like Sean McKenzie get that run. Someone from my work actually offered me a um, a full fully fledged car to race the other day. It was like fifteen K. Um just need my, my engine for it and a uh trailer. Stay Tempting, stay, but... stay away, Pete. Knowing your luck, there'll be a wheel falling <laughs> off. There'll be <laughs> mechanical failures <laughs> left and right. <laughs> well, I used to play poker with um he actually races Speedway and I see his photos on thing all the time. Him and his missus get right into it. She actually raced um in, in a queen series so all the wives of the the races got in and did a series for charity and and that kind of stuff had a ball like really good still having fun with it and then i saw his post on the weekend and like you show the the, the broadcast of the actual real life broadcast of following these two cars around then it pans back to this car on fire and someone had run up the rear of him and actually st- and car started going ablaze so it got out safely no one injured but um yeah some of the photos were horrific then that's exactly what would happen to me. So, <laughs> of course it would. Hey, I just did a quick Google search looking for uh, Mackenzie's YouTube channel. I just found Matt Harriet. Yeah, another Aussie car, and he's he's in a V at Wakefield Park a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So I believe um, Matthew Harriet won Rookie of the Year for Rookie of the Season or something like that for the last it. season. Yeah, so um, I think they have been chatting, and Lee Partridge runs in yep. a Formula e- V in Victoria as well. So a few of the guys that we've um, raced against, yeah. My only criticism is he's driving an orange car, but other than that, mate, he's getting out there. <laughs> That's there, it. That Formula V series that um, that Ira had for Aussie Car was stacked full of some real life drivers. That's and, and you obviously you see Chaz and you see Kostecki and stuff like that in there, but there was a whole heap of actual Formula V drivers in there and. I think that's where a few of the names come from that I recognise all the time, and I just yeah, it was um it was a, a special field, and and if you were in it um to actually see what was going on, but yeah, no, very good for sure, Mackenzie, and then yeah, couldn't have happened to a nicer bloke. Always good to race with, except when I punt him at um oh, I don't know what which one it was, but that all happened. of the tracks, all of the <laughs> tracks, I pump people everywhere. 
Um, so yeah, congratulations. Hope we um, yeah, we'll watch the YouTube thing later and find it. But it's uh, Maca, got... Mot- Maca Motorsport. There Good it is. Go check it out, Maca Motorsport. And we'll try and get him on the podcast eventually someday and um, have a chat to him about it, hopefully. But let's get on to the next piece of news, which is um, another cool event, which is the Peach Tree Three. Now, Braden, have you done all your research on this and exactly what's going on uh, when people go to Road Lantern on July 14th? Yeah, absolutely. I'm full of research, as you know. So, <laughs> actually, I yeah, this time. Uh, the Peach Tree 3. So, it's a, another iRacing um, special event uh, that David last summer raised uh, just over $57,000 for the National Motor- Multiple Scler- Sclerosis Society. Um, so again, they're teaming up with them for another three-hour charity event. Um, it's a team team racing event again, uh, this time at Roadlanta. Um, and basically, you can start donating now. So you can go to www.nationalmssociety.org/iracing. But the the premise of it is that you'll be doing a three-hour team event. Uh, it's in the Chevrolet Corvette CAR GTE, uh, the MX5 Cup, and iRacing's GT4 class. Um, and basically competitors are going to have like unlimited fast repairs and things like that. It's all about making sure everyone in the race gets to finish, um, as many laps as possible and, you know, hit their donation goals and things like that. Um, the broadcast split, um, that gets broadcast by iRacing is going to have iRacing executive producer, Steve Myers there, um, NASCAR cup series champion, um, Chad Norse and 2020 eNASCAR Coca-Cola Racing Ch- Series Champion uh, Nick Ottinger as well. Um, and there'll be some additional splits as well um, at different times. Um, and basically because the Peachtree 3 is designed for raising money for charity, uh, basically there's some pers- uh, purchasable sort of advantages that you can make. Uh, so if you want to issue a drive through penalty to another competitor, you can donate $350 and they'll give them a, a drive through penalty. Um, you can also call for a caution. So maybe you're a lap down and you really want to get that lap back. Uh, you can pay uh, $500 and you can do that twice uh, to call for a, a caution. Um, and a caution with a wave around, uh, you can only do that one time, and that's a, a grand. If you can uh, muster up the donations to get a grand, then you can uh, get yourself a little wave around as well. So, um, yeah, really good way of uh, racing getting involved in the charity scene. It's something that I'm starting to see them do a little bit more um, recently over the last sort of year or so, which is really, really good and a good way to use their platform um, for good. It's an interesting concept, isn't it, those sort of – Pay to play, or not pay to play, but the charity and the, those those interesting little nuances that that they've thrown in there. I saw Jimmy Broadbent do something similar a while back to raise some money, and that was that looked like a bit of fun, a bit like a I don't know one of those amateur or or club days where they have the bangers out there doing stuff. What do you reckon? I was thinking about maybe doing a um uh like a, a World Series uh, for skips on a week thirteen where we get some of the different countries that we've got at the moment that are really quite prominent on a Sunday night. And now that you mentioned the charity aspect, that might be um, a good concept to run with, not the, the wave rounds and the donate for that, but, a, you know, donate to come and have a have a drive and then, you know, uh, run, the world, run the World Series out of that. That sounds like a bit of fun, you know? Yeah, that'd yeah, be really cool. It's, it's obviously we announced the uh, Cure Cancer fundraiser we're doing fairly soon and one of the, the the ideas we've been throwing around or me i've been throwing around 
um, with with one or two people is the obviously the legend series as we talked about on the night. Um, similar idea where it'll be a uh, entry fee will be just show that you've donated to the cause. Um, pay 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 what you want as long as it's a, as there's a donation you get in. Um, but yeah, little little things like that you can you can add to it as well or um all that kind of stuff. But anyone who's anytime we're we're raising money for for those in need is um is good. So well done I racing for getting on that. But I wouldn't Alex, have minded you... a few times to be able to, you know, give a couple of top split T V cars a drive through penalty or things like that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't add a little Turn bit of money up, here Rams. and then. <laughs> yeah, I'd be Turn um up. I'd be bringing my wallet that's pretty thick to the party <laughs> doing it again that way. But um Yeah, no, it's good. it's an interesting idea and it gets me thinking about other things you can do like um yeah, you want to start on pole uh, in in our legend series, fifty bucks. We'll put you on pole, um, or or have a bidding war. So whoever bids the highest, you know that's that's a silent auction qualifying. style. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So put, put put you in that that that's qualifying for the race one. Don't need to to actually do qualifying. So that's a cool um, idea, actually. Yeah, yeah. So well, if you're doing an entry fee and you pay what you want, we can just do it whoever pays the most. That's what we're doing. Pole. Set the grid by donation. Way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, there's all kinds of cool stuff with that. So yeah, like I said, we'll, we've got a stuff lined up. Tim's got me trying to shop for a Wonder Woman costume, so we'll see, but that, that's got to be a minimum 1500, uh, if we hit the target before I even think about that. So can um, they pay you not to wear it? Okay, we yeah, that'd as be well. great too. hundred yeah, percent. Take whatever money I can get to do whatever. So <laughs> if it's not to do it, then that's fine. Um, yeah, no, nah, it's gonna be good fun. I think then it makes me think about wanting to, to jump in it, but not not for those prices. So I'm not paying three hundred fifty bucks for a drive. Sorry, that's American too. So cheap as um, so three million AU dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. pretty much. Uh, but yeah, if you're keen, that's the fourteenth of July. So get into that. Um, we've got a few name changes floating around that happened while we we're away. Um, the butt kicker is now the the lead sponsor for the World of Outlaws late model series, um, which is pretty cool. The butt kicker getting uh, more with iRacing. Uh, the one that took me by surprise was a place called CarQuest Auto Parts. Apparently, fairly big. Um, I, I ran into, I was rolling through their Twitter, uh, through my Twitter, and randomly come up with this CarQuest Twitter page saying that we've got an announcement coming very soon for iRacing in the next 24 hours. And I'm like, what are they doing? What? And then I went, oh, it's just a sponsor deal. And, and that's exactly what it was. But uh, the World of Outlaw. Uh, CarQuest Auto Parts uh, Sprint Series is now the new name for that. So, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. See some different names getting into the sponsorship deals. Um, Either of you guys ever tried a butt kicker? No. I, every time I click through and, and, and look at a rig and, and, and you see them and you understand what they're about, they make perfectly good sense, but uh, I'd never... I'm never going to pay what they, they're asking for it. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, same reason I haven't got into a like a formula-style car or something like that. I'm worried about I I've one day would aspire to get a bit fitter and, and maybe run full motion, right, in my in my declining years. Um, but um, I thought maybe an interim step might be a butt kicker, but I, I, I don't know, you know. Maybe if someone slung us, slung us a trial version, have you send it back and just do a bit of a review or something, but... I'd be interested to know what they're about, you know? Yes. So I assume you, you get the motion of if, if you'd lose control, 
I think it, riding a ripple strip and, you know, maybe not yeah. throw the wife at it or something, but, you know, like, it's just... So you big. wouldn't get the sensation <laughs> of the the actual G-forces if you... I don't think so. Uh, yeah, Look. I think it, it, it just, it's just vibration. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I get a lot... I feel like I get a lot from a direct drive wheel. I wonder yeah. what the butt kicker would add to it. Well, that's what I'm... I'm running around um, different things at the moment with just the Logitech 920 and... um. I can feel what I'm missing in that. Like you can feel stuff and you're like, oh, that's right. That's there. Rather than, oh, cool. I'm getting this sensation. I'm understanding, especially with the V8. Um, mm. Like you can, you just get enough of a touch to go, okay, the tail's going a little bit here, but you're sitting there going, I want more. I need more information. Quicker Mate, do to- you know what I get? Do you know what I get in the skips these days? I get it when I've hooked it up through a corner um, and I can actually feel, oh yeah, okay. I've I've nailed the angle, the mm. grip's there, and I can gun it. That's what I enjoy the most. Um, you can I find you can catch stuff a bit better with it. Yeah, that's um, what that's the biggest thing I found. Like, I don't have the direct drive. I've only got the CSW two point five. But from going from my G nine twenty to that, the first thing I noticed was how quick I can react to things. Like there's and I don't know everything feels. If I think I feel like if I went back, everything would feel so sluggish. Like that reaction mm. time and even the turning of the wheel just. It's just not the same. Um, and so many times I'll feel like a little slide and it's just a real quick, you know, jab the wheel one way and, and you catch it and off you go. Whereas I just could never do that. It felt like by the time I'd realized I was sliding, it was too late um, when I used the 920. Yeah, I think so. I think part of that's experience as well. But I, I also agree with you. I, certainly I felt I could catch stuff better with the, the direct drive wheel, but also it's, a, it's an awesome feeling when you hook it up, which is really yeah. cool. So again... Interested to yeah see what a buck kick is like at some stage, but not not so interested. I'm about to run out and buy one just to try it. So it's interesting because I was you're talking about when you nailed the corner. We raced at uh, was it Zandort or Zan? Not Which talking about it. Zanvort. Yeah, one of them. The fast flowing <laughs> one, not the horrible one with the triple chicanes and shit. Yeah. Um, we raced there. And I actually felt comfortable, and you come up over the hill where Braden got smashed into the wall. And then down past the sand bit, right fast right hander, and I felt like I was nailing that corner. And when you put the foot down, it was really like it felt like it was hitting the edge of the grip, and it was just holding on perfectly in a nine twenty. So it was nothing like what you're gonna get. But that was that was a really good sensation. So um, I I can't wait to get a, a direct dive, and um, and yeah, can't wait to 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 get like and. I spin a lot, and that's my biggest problem. I spun the other night, and I think that's that extra information that says that I'm not going to spin as much will be, um, yeah, and any help I can get will be great. So. Yeah, look, and people are right when they say the equipment doesn't necessarily make you faster. It does make the experience more enjoyable, though, in my, my experience. So, you know, uh, it's not for everyone, but it's enjoyable if you get the chance. And it might not make you faster, but I def I definitely feel like it makes you more consistent at, yeah. at the very least. Um, it's the same as the sprint. Like that didn't make me faster, but it made me have better control and 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 just it, probably yeah. a bit more confidence as well. Like you know yeah. what to expect, kind of thing. Like when you put your foot down, your your huskies or whatever. Like you, it's you know every single time it feels the same and it does the same thing just about. Yeah. Whereas um. Yeah, with you know other pedals, sometimes you feel like I, I remember when I was using the G920 pedals. Like sometimes I felt like I was putting my foot through the floor and I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> and other times it felt like I'd just put my foot on the brake and all of a sudden I'm locking up. So 
Yeah. Yeah. No, bit, off top, bit off topic. <laughs> that's okay. That's what we do, isn't it? That's what we're specials at. Apparently. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We've got to get this content in somehow. Uh, let's <laughs> head on to... There's new content arrived. I have no chance to actually use any of it. So, McKellar, he's our new content expert for this, this episode. <laughs> um, you've driven Winton. You've driven a Formula 4. What do you think? We haven't done any other content. So you haven't done the dirt track or what else was there? There was the touring cars. And the new um, GT4. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. What, what, what's your thoughts on the F4? I know you're pretty pretty spent with it, I think. Yeah, oh, I quite enjoyed it. I haven't raced it yet, which will be the defining factor. I was thinking about this before. I think uh, it's somewhere between the Skip and the Pro Mazda. I've, I've said before, my favourite car on the service was the Pro Mazda. As much as I, you know, I race the skip perpetually, uh, the Pro Mazda was most most enjoyable to drive. I feel like the the, the Formula Four is somewhere in between. It's got the it's got some really fun oversteery moments off throttle, uh, and it's got the grip to catch though enough power so that um, it'll the the rear will, will go if you put your foot down in the wrong way. Um, and and it drives nicely like a, a a car with a bit of a little bit of downforce, not too much, and and um, track tires rather slicks rather than road tires. I think the defining moment for me will be for my own usage how it races, because the thing that brings people back to the skips who love them is the racing, the wheel to wheel, constant pack battling uh, that you can get in the skips versus other series where it's a different style of racing. You might get moments in a race where you're side by side, but it's not all the time. And, uh, and it's a long drawn out strategic battle in a lot of the GT cars and other, and even open wheelers, you don't get a lot of side to side, whereas the skips you do move to the, uh, the formula four. I think the dynamics of the car, how it handles um, and how it drives is really fun. Uh, it'll be for me once I jump in and I, I work up to have a race that'll that'll determine it for me whether it's a it's a long term goer. Looking at the series, um, at least from this week, where it's the new car new track combo of Winton and the Formula Four, um, participation hasn't been perhaps as strong as you would think. Um, I've seen you know two to four splits usually over the weekend, which isn't as high as you might expect in that sort of scenario i think it's probably down to the track uh having driven winton in the car it was okay i'm looking forward to a more flowing circuit that one feels a little bit awkward for mine uh in terms of you never really quite get going and at, at the end of the the longer straights you've got some awkward handling corners that don't really flow and connect particularly well in my view i haven't spent a lot of time there though so uh perhaps that's affected participation but um, the other thing that I think will really hurt the series is in its opening season, it's got, you know, 20, 25-minute races or whatever they are every two hours. Um, and I think that's a, just a participation killer. You just want to go back to back to back in something like that with short races um, and to have two-hour gaps in a D-class series is not a winner in my book. So. That's that's the McKellar wrap on the F4 so far. Fun car. It'd be interesting to see how it races. Looking forward to giving that a crack at a bit more of a flowy circuit. It's especially a bit of a killer when it's effectively pitted up against the skippy that is racing every hour on the hour. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe you can alternate or something like that. But yeah, it's it's. Can I tell you, it's a tough transition. The the skippy feels like an absolute snow barge or something after the <laughs> the, the responsiveness of the F4. So yeah, interesting. 
It was interesting. Yeah. I remember Cameron Dance talking briefly about it in the um, Aussie Car Discord. He sort of said it was interesting because it still requires you to hustle it like a skippy. And while it does suffer from a little bit of aero wash, it's not crazy amounts, which means it's not impossible to pass in, which is obviously good. Um, and he said from what he found, um, it sort of you sort of had to induce entry understeer uh, to stop the thing feeling like it wants to just spin out on entry and then induce some exit oversteer um, with the with the accelerator to try and get the back end to come around and sort of rotate the car. That was his experience. So. Yeah, look, I, I, I tend to agree on corner entry. If you're too aggressive with throttle lift, the thing just wants to like over-rotate for sure. Um, and if you manage to get that right, then yeah, you, you can plant the foot fairly early um, to sort of round out the corner and, and have the opportunity to open up the wheel as well at the same time to, to finish the corner out. So, yeah, it drives nicely, interesting, but uh, looking forward to see how it plays out. And hopefully it's not the next in a long line of open wheelers that have come out and died rapidly afterwards. So we'll see how it goes. Is there any chance they push since they're, they're, they're pushing the Skip Barber actual real series with the F4, um, is Skip Barber on the way out? Well, it's a great question, isn't it? They've got to run it so long as it races, as, as people fill out every every week, right? Every session, every week. Even in a week like this where Barber Motorsports Park is an absolute participation killer, absolutely died. I reckon there might have even been a race that didn't go official. I saw one this week when I was watching that was as low as six people, which is the minimum to go official. I, um, I was... Testing the broadcast out. Actually, it might have been six this afternoon. Um, McBurney was in one of them, and um, I, I recognised one or two of the other. I thought it was only five, but it might have been six now. Because I think the the fifth, the five came up on the grid, and the sixth person hadn't got a time. So yeah, it's um, yeah, that it, surprised it, me. Yeah, look, it's the track, honestly. Which um, yeah, so. I agree. I thought it was very interesting that they were promoting Skip Barber, Skip Barber, Skip Barber, come race the F4s. Like, great idea to, <laughs> to like, get people into the new car. And I, I But i got to tell you, I turned on the first race and I went, it's an F4. That's not the <laughs> – you, you, what? And, I, like, you make the connection because the real-world cars, I think, use them as well. The real-world yeah. school now uses them and all the rest of it. And then I thought, oh, this will be interesting because you'll get the – before I figured out it was the F4s, that you'll get some of the top skippy drivers matching up against other people that want to come and win the thing to get the season in the F4, right? Um, but, you know, the first race at Lime Rock, the only skippy driver I saw was uh, Leo Oktarov, and I'm sorry I'm butchering his name, um, one of the elite of the elite of the skips. Um, but I saw it was the F4s, I've got to admit, I haven't watched the race yet, so <laughs> I should go and support Leo and watch it and see what it looks like. But, yeah, it sort of put me off, if I'm honest, just... You know, it's the skips. Get the skips out there. Yeah, that's it. It's interesting moves because you've got the V, you've got the skip, you've got the F4 now, you've got uh, all the different ones in between that, the Pro Master and, and all that kind of stuff, which I guess in some way they're splitting you this way and that way with Indian formula. But still, there's like five or six levels there now, which I guess in a road car you go from cups the sort of GT4, GT3, LMP2, and then, yeah, that's probably about it. So it yeah, I'm just like not sure. Just not sure yeah. they've got the um, 
the community, the big enough um, no. base to spread across. I think that's evident in the participation across the board in the open wheelers. And the F1 series is a C class as well as an A class series now as well. So you don't even have to get but all the way to A class to drive the new um, They do that with NASCAR as well. So NASCAR's premier series is actually a C class one, but then you've got your A class um, one, which is your... Your C class one goes year long, and your A class one is just twelve weeks of time, but but mirrors up with the same, the same tracks because it's the real life tracks. So it's it's something they're doing just so people don't feel like they're missing out, I guess. But let's talk F one Grand Prix. I guess that's that's part of the news now. I'm making it. If we didn't figure that out on Friday night, <laughs> executive deci- executive decision over here. <laughs> So uh, what did you think, Brayden? You can start first. I've actually watched this, so um, I actually had the kids watching all practice and quali with me all weekend. Um, so got them into it. Uh, my my boys are Ferrari fan, apparently. <laughs> just happen, happen to be doing all right at the moment. So sounds yeah. like my nephew's football team changes to whoever's winning. <laughs> it's not my team at the moment, so it's a bit annoying. Uh, <laughs> F1, uh, oh, just another great race. Like I'm loving the new cars and 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 the drama that goes along with it. I guess. I guess first of all, maybe shift back to to Friday night, which was some pretty crazy scenes with the the missile strike on the um the oil factory kind of thing. Obviously, a very serious um topic, but I must admit, like my not my first thought, but one of my first thoughts was like, I wonder if Netflix have done this just for some more drama for their Drive to Survive series. But it, I, quick, I quickly quelled that with sensible, uh, rational thoughts. You watch P, the P1 or P2 practice, whatever it was, and they cut straight to the guy, uh, the two commentators sitting there talking about this fire that's at an oil facility over over town. They what? They nothing about missile, nothing about anything, because all they're going on is just we're not allowed to say anything except that there's a fire at this place. And um, yeah, knowing. You, you knew, knew they knew something, but they're not allowed to say because they don't want to alarm people. But um, yeah, it was all sort of happening as it was going on. You could see everyone going in and out of the stewards' rooms and trying to discuss what's going on. Some pretty serious, serious things happening. Yeah, well, I found it interesting how the um the team owners or uh, the team principals rather had a meeting and kind of decided, yep, like we're happy with the safety precautions, whatever that the FIA and and obviously the the government um in Saudi Arabia had come up with but the the drivers meeting was a lot longer and actually sort of voted initially we're not racing in this like we're, we're not going to do it and then at some point um the mind obviously changed and i think one of the team principals don't know if it was otmar or say safe or someone else basically said you know when you put a bunch of like-minded reasonable people together eventually they'll come to a reasonable decision <laughs> which was almost like he was sort of saying like <laughs> we, we were kind of expecting that our drivers are reasonable people they'll figure it out and get to the decision that we would like um which i found interesting but yeah it was i don't know it's pretty surreal really when you think about it like 12 kilometers away is not very far <laughs> yeah no it was very far at all it was like it was interesting that like very hard to get the drivers to actually agree on anything and this is one of the very few times that they agreed on it and they all flipped um <laughs> because they all were, were heading home that was it that was the end of it um and there was a few of them were very outspoken about it but um yeah I'd, I'd be interested to know exactly what it was that changed their mind i still don't know how you can have safety precautions against uh, like a <laughs> missile strike yeah 
Unless you've got a bunch of anti anti air missile kind of <laughs> things, but I don't know if I'm trusting that while I'm driving an F one car. I mean, they go pretty fast. They'd be pretty hard to hit, I suppose. <laughs> Maybe that's the one time you're allowed to weave down the straight. I suppose I don't know. <laughs> oh, that was interesting, but yeah. So I think I guess the other big talking point from the pre quali slash pre race stuff was the actual incident in quali. Uh, was it? Was Schumacher's crash in quali, or was it in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he'd yeah. actually qualified ninth at that stage for in Q two, and wrote his car off. Actually, in in many pieces, including the back end, was hanging off. Um, somehow walked Fell away. Off. Or walked away from it, I guess. Well, got taken away. Um, it, but he's all fine now. Um, but that was a huge break. Um, and still, yeah. What? Um, I know you're probably raring to jump in, Alex. So I do apologize. But um, what I found interesting was the reason that they didn't drive, uh, race on the Sunday wasn't necessarily because they couldn't get the car fixed. It was because if they managed to have another accident, they wouldn't have probably been able to race in Melbourne because they Melbourne. don't have the parts to to replace if they had another accident. So it was kind of interesting because it felt like, you know, it was kind of half saying, which, hey, Zui, we don't trust you to not be in this car again or get caught up in an accident well, or something, that's which interesting. is pretty crazy. Does that mean they have enough parts to do two cars next week? Well, when, yeah. when they go to Melbourne, like, which is, you pick one. So you're picking Melbourne instead of the Saudi race. Like, yeah. which, you know, interesting. And I guess the other good, well, depends who you talk to. The good thing I was going to say on a scale of one to the best day of our lives, uh, how good was it to see Hamilton out in Q1? <laughs> yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? Like, I saw, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, honestly. Um, Especially with George managing P5, like, so the car's got something. Um, yeah, well, the, the talk now is, you know, he's had the best car, uh, you know, how does his driving stack up? And up until this point, I thought, you know, his driving stacks up okay when he's, um, you know, even looking at last week and this week he, he did all right as well. Um, but I guess it, it's a long season and, it, it, you know, in combination with how the cars develop over the season, it'll be interesting to see how that, that plays out. This guy who's won so many championships he was what was it 180 races he's now the the driver that's done the most races with the same team uh, he pipped Schumacher with Ferrari by one race this week um, so look yeah I, I guess the story will be told told over the season again and I think it'll be a really interesting one to see just how he rises to the challenge and answers that question was how much of it was the car because I think so much of it is Hamilton. But I hope he gets the opportunity to prove that. He may not win the championship, but so many people in the, in the F1 paddock are measured not necessarily by whether or not they win the championship, but what they do with the car that's underneath them. So, yeah. you know, interesting to see. I did have a laugh at his radio after the race when his team, whoever, uh, engineer or whatever, said, all right, Lewis, uh, good job, that's P10. And his response is, do we get points for that? <laughs> like, okay, mate, sorry you haven't been off the podium for five and a half years. <laughs> so that was pretty good. So, yeah, obviously the race, great race. Um, less incidents probably than I thought after last year. I know they made a couple of changes to the track, um, but I don't know how much that had to do with it. Um, but I, I don't know. How cool is it to see the cars being able to follow each other like relatively yeah. close and fight back and, you know, the battle with Leclerc and, and Verstappen in that last sort of eight laps was just really cool, really tactical. It was not just about car speed. It was about, you know, when you're going to make your move, what kind of move you're going to make. 
how can you use DRS to your advantage? You know, so much more going on than just open up the DRS flap, drive off into the sunset. And, you know, it was almost like last year at times you were better off being two and a half seconds in front of someone because then every single time they got to one and a half seconds, you couldn't do anything anymore because the dirty air was just so severe. Um, you know, there was the battle between Alonso and Ocon early in the race where they were going hammer and tong. And I was just thinking like, as a team principal, I know they interviewed um, the the team principal and he was kind of like, oh no, like we'll let him race for a little bit. They're going to get it together soon. <laughs> like inside, he must've just been thinking, if you guys even so much as go a millimeter closer <laughs> to touching, like you are both getting your asses whooped when you get back to this <laughs> paddock. You see the, the, I think it was a tweet or something from Ocon that said, it's great racing with Alonso. I know where I stand and how much room are you. It's just like the old karting days, yeah, you know, and he said he loved it. So, well, of course he did. And they can say that because they didn't crash, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. But he, he didn't give him any room coming down the straight. He'd literally closed, pushed him into the fence if he had been like a couple more, like half a metre further up. So, um, yeah, no, that was that was bad. And then they let Bottas pass anyway after the, the explicit instructions, don't let him pass. And then like within half a lap, he's gone past them anyway. Just on that weaving type kind of thing on the straight, shout out to all the eye racers out there. Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have... Fernando Alonso reaction speed in my poor little sim rig. Like, just let's just not make that kind of battle on any of the straights, please. Speaking of comparisons to iRacing, and 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 going back to focus on that battle between um, uh, Leclerc and um, Verstappen at the end, there, I, I've seen some people criticise, and I'm I, you know I'm the skippy guy, and I love the skips and all the rest of it. How you know people just wait to the last lap, and you don't want to be first, you want to be second, and all the rest of it. It was fascinating to see the the different approaches. You know, oh, I don't want to be first cross the DRS line. I'll happily slow a bit to give you the corner and then come back at you. And all the, it felt to me exactly like the sim racing experience where you've got to think so much more about where you position your car on the track. And it doesn't have to be first. Do I want to be first? Do I want to be second coming out here to finish, you know, six corners down the road so I'll be in front by then? Um, and, you know, as you say, the aero changes, the uh, the way the cars handle and can follow each now, set all that up, and straight away after two races, it's just been fantastic. So that, that was my big takeaway apart from any of the results. The thing I found really interesting as well, sorry, Pete, it was how completely differently set up the Red Bull and the Ferrari were. And it's something that I you don't really ever get your attention drawn to, maybe because the racing's never been like this, but how Leclerc, when Verstappen was behind him, would pull five tenths, six tenths in sector one, but the straight line speed difference from the Red Bull was so massive, he'd get it all back in time to get close in that DRS zone. And it was almost like, and I think this is kind of how he did it in the end, he almost needed to break late uh, early to make sure that he was just behind him as he got into the DRS zone, but then shove it up the inside into the actual corner. So when they got out of the corner, he had DRS and um, Leclerc didn't. And then the interesting thing was how Leclerc had nothing really for him in those last two laps when he did pass him because of that straight line speed. He could never get close enough um, to the back of him, even with the DRS zones, to be able to actually use DRS to make a move on those last two laps because the straight line speed difference was so massive. But when Verstappen was behind, that straight line speed difference didn't necessarily mean easy overtake. It was, yeah, really interesting uh, to see how 
it played out, I suppose. I was going yeah, to say, say, um, yeah. say that the interesting part was what three or four laps to go when they both went into that second last corner. And <laughs> and both neither one up. wanted to see the lead. They both <laughs> no, you go, it up. you go, you go, no, you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the other thing too, obviously, Ricardo and, Alon- um, and Alonso both breaking down seemingly from overheating issues at the same time of the race and yeah. both not getting to pit lane, causing the virtual uh, safety car. Well, yeah, and then eventually the... Well, yeah, it was the virtual safety car. And that's kind of Hamilton's race might have been a little bit better if he didn't get screwed over by the pit closing. But then they also screwed over by telling him to box like when he was 150 metres past the pit entry as well, which is just not Mercedes-type stuff. Like, you know, that's the bread and butter kind of thing, which I guess it's that pressure stuff, isn't it? You know, they were talking about it um, coaching some cricket. Like, when you make a quick single, you put a fielder under pressure, they make a mistake. Um, it's kind of, you know, how do you react when you're under pressure? And they're the kind of things that can start to creep into your game when um, all of a sudden you're not leading by, you know, 35 seconds to, to the rest of the teams. Um, the other thing as well was I felt a little bit sorry for Perez, like dominating the race, goes into pit straight away, safety car called as soon as he comes out, goes from first to third and sort of didn't really give much of a welt after that. Um, first to fourth, really. Yeah, first or fourth, really. Sorry, yeah, because he had to redress straight after. So, yeah, that was a bit of a sad uh, sad moment after him chucking it on pole, but good for my fantasy team, I suppose. <laughs> uh, quickly, answer me this. How does a virtual safety car work, the fact that cars go at different lap, get different lap speeds out of it and, and they close gaps and, and open gaps up? Yeah, well, they just have to drive to a delta, so they got to keep their delta positive, which means they're slower than the, require- the minimum... Uh, the minimum uh, possible lap time. So if you're Delta, so if you a, like, is it a minimum or a maximum? Uh, oh, I don't know. Anyway, they got to drive to a certain pace. Yeah. So they okay. cut. There's a pace. They need to be below whatever that that pace is, uh, slower than whatever that pace is. So, yeah. So you can theoretically take less time. You can take um, more. Sorry, time. you can take more time because you're not close as close to that Delta as you should be, and that's yeah. that's where people catch up. But it was weird. I remember having explained watching a video. It might have been a Chain Bear video. If anyone hasn't watched Chain Bear's videos on YouTube, very, very good content creator to do with F1 and explaining um, rules and engineering and lots of really, really cool things. Um, but I think it was his video sort of explained it that there's like, there's obviously the three sectors, but within those sectors, there's a bunch of micro sectors as well. And my understanding was that you had to be uh positive in your delta in a certain amount of those micro sectors and if you're not then you can get a penalty as well to try and stop people like dropping six seconds back and then catching all that time up at the end trying to warm up their tires or something like that but it was weird because Hamilton did have a, a lap where he was like two and a half seconds slower than Leclerc and then had a, the next two laps he was like a second and a second and a half faster under the virtual safety Verstappen, car yeah uh, sorry Verstappen yeah um, so yeah, I, I'm not exactly a hundred percent sure how it's all calculated and worked, but that's the basic gist of it. Yeah. It, it was an interesting enough race. I stayed awake through the whole thing, which was a, um, a surprise. And, and, Jeez, and you've it, done well. I did. It was five o'clock in the morning after, and I was probably on the phone trying to work out things for work the whole way through because people were pulling <laughs> out of work. So that probably helped, but that was good. And the whole lead up was good and very excited to see that. It's it's during my nap time now. Next time in in two weeks' time in Melbourne, so <laughs> be very interested to see how this track plays out in Melbourne with the few changes. Like we'll, I was listening, we'll watch Simmons Plains on the weekend, and uh, Crompton talking about 
uh, how the back side of the, the tracks are going to be a lot more faster. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that plays into it. Obviously, the V8's there as well. Um, yeah, it'd be going to be fun track to watch. It's interesting to see if Ricardo can score some points at home. <laughs> He's going to do something. Well, mm, I was yeah, like, his favourite at this point. Mm. Yeah, it was interesting. Like he, he had, I think he had a pretty good strategy. I think if his car didn't break down, he he did that eight laps or whatever it was. Uh, for, considering where he started, he could have gone the whole way on the on the um, on the hards at the end. Which, with that Virgil safety car, he was going that he caused. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if he, if that, yeah, like he he was done to the end. So. Yeah, he jumped up a lot of places when that first safety guard happened because he didn't have to go in. So, but yeah, he doesn't seem to have the pace. And obviously, neither does Lando. Although Lando did okay, I guess. But um, yeah, it was, it's good to see some different names floating around, and as a love for Haas is real, I guess from everyone. So, um, good can you imagine Gunther going off on the Netflix series this time? <laughs> That'll be brilliant. I'm waiting really for great. that alone. Especially after the first Bahrain race, scoring some points, he must be right on the uh, German oh, German line. That'd be brilliant. I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. Oktoberfest in the in the pit lane, I reckon. <laughs> I'm hunting for content on Gunther for this season, just seeing what I can find to get my fix. <laughs> Um, so that wraps it up for the news. Remember, if you've got news you want to, us to cover on the on the podcast, please uh, let us know. Hit us up, contact us at lockedonlads.com uh, and also hit us up in the Discord, drop a, drop a direct link to me if your local um, league or anything like that has, has some news. Hit us up. Uh, we're happy to record stuff with people or anything like that. Uh, just, yeah, let us know. Or if it's, even if you want to do a bit of a pre-recorded thing, let us know. We'll try and slot it in. Uh, we are heading into the results now. We have a lot of results to catch up on. You're going to hear from Carl Withy three times tonight, okay, everyone? So uh, we're going to cover some Ann's car. We're going to cover some SNL, some ODSE. Uh, he's back on the re- results bandwagon. And um, we don't really have any SRW. No, Braden doesn't want to talk about that. So, um, no, we'll cover, we'll cover those ones at the moment. So you're going to hear from Carl straight away. Let's get into week four of Anscar. This was a couple of weeks ago, all kinds of stuff happening. Um, but tell us what happened in the week that was week four, Carl. Hello, folks and folkettes, and welcome to this week's Anscar wrap-up. I'm, as ever, Carl Wilkinson with you. And tonight we start off with the truck series from Auto Club Fontana. The fourth round of the Affinity Construction Anscar Truck Championship saw Kai Turner taking pole position from Jaden Russell on the outside, both setting identical times, but Kai setting it first landed him pole position. It was a 37 strong field at the fast track and despite a cautious opening few laps it was not long until the yellow fell on lap 5 for the first of four cautions. Lap 20 saw a Mitch battle between Martin Gallagher and Mikalor and it did not end well for the free. They made contact with each other, leaving Martin out with Micklemore damaged as well as Gallagher. We would get a 25 lap run to the end, which saw a draft pack up front jostle it out for position, but it was Jaden Russell who would 
time it right and take victory ahead of Skurlock in second, Raymond in third, Micklemore a strong fourth despite some damage, and Jackson home in P5. This means the championship looks like this after four rounds. Danny G leads seven ahead of Micklemore, Traher in third, Gallagher fourth, fifth for Raymond, joint sixth for Jackson and Martin, eighth for Skurlock, ninth for Clark, tenth for Phelps. Next up, we head over to the Xfinity cars for the Thunder Series, proud to you, proudly brought to you via Locked On Lads TV. Head over to Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube to catch all the action, and of course, the Discord. The Affinity Construction 115 at Phoenix would see one of the most dominant drives of the year for pole sitter and reigning champion Hamish Gallagher, who would take pole pipping Urquio who had set a lap that many were envious envious of themselves. We would see a fantastic green run early on at the tricky track in Arizona. We saw an epic eight-car battle in the front pack, even more fighting throughout the field. However, when the caution flag finally flew, it gave drivers their chance to take their pit stops and get their final service done for the night. It also led to a few cautions breeding cautions moments. However, we were treated to a clean 37 lap run to the chequered flag, where Mitch Motorsport driver enchanted the field and proved to be the one winning the race having led from start to finish his teammate Micklemore coming home second with Russell in a strong third fourth for Jones and fifth for Danny G rounding out a Mitch free in the top five the only thing Hamish missed out on was the fastest lap that was stolen away from him by Mr Dave Douglas making his 200th start for Ansgar this means the championship looks like this. Gallagher leads 32 points ahead of Skurlock in second. Third for Phelps, fourth for Russell, fifth for Micklemore, sixth for Clark, seventh for Raymond, eighth for Okio, ninth for Patton, Douglas in tenth. And finally, we head to the 24-7 Sim Services Cup Series. Brought to you on Performance eStreaming and, of course, the Anscar Facebook page. Phoenix would prove to be a tricky one in the new car, catching out a couple of drivers, meaning the yellow flag saw the sky six times for the night and multiple times early on in the race. But once the drivers had gotten a few laps under their belt, tyres up to temperature and a rhythm in their driving styles, we were treated to some great door-to-door action. Hobson, starting from pole position, would be the class of the field in the early stages with himself and Dyson battling it out for the lead but Hobbo was on fire out front. Lap 75 saw the start of the green flag stops. It was not until lap 100 when Hobson would finally come into pit lane and this proved to be the defining point of the race. While exiting the pit lane we saw a dramatic moment happen. While crossing the dogleg section they would go free wide and there would be contact with Hedersheed. This would sadly see Hobson being turned up into the outside wall and damaged and pretty much out of the race. This caused a caution which closed up the field and allowing some very wounded cars to get back into the race, giving us a grandstand moment. But it was Hedersheed who would take the flag and his first win of the 2022 Cup Series with Dyson in second, third for Foster, Jaeger in fourth and Raymond in fifth. 
advance to the championship looks like this. Dyson leads Pearson by 10 points. Third place is their teammate Wally. Fourth for Martin, fifth for Foster, sixth for Allison, seventh for Hobson, joint eighth for Danny G and Skurlock, tenth for Curtis. Next up, all three series will be heading to Atlanta. We hope to see you there on Anne's Cars Facebook page or Performance e-streaming and of course Locked On Lads TV. And as ever, a huge thank you to the Locked On Lads crew and Locked On iRacing podcast, your home for all the best Aussie online racing action. Back to the studio. And thanks for that, Carl. Your voice will be very, very sore by the end of this uh, podcast. By the way, Carl's actually going to be part of the re- rolling returning crew uh, for the podcast. So shout out to Carl Withy for um, joining us and helping us out and giving us that that sixth hand that we're going to have. So we've got some things changing. We'll talk about it at the end of the podcast, I guess. Um, but yeah, so pretty cool to see that happening. Uh, let's get into the dulcet tones of Alex McKay. Keller and find out what's been happening in Sunday Night Lights. What do you want to do? Do you want to just do this week, or do you want to do last week or the week before? What do you want to oh, do? Let, let's let's just stick to this week for now. I mentioned last week at Iron Park, uh, fantastic opening to the season. Did not think we'd ever see a five k strength of field at Iron Park, but we did to open it out. And the great Christian Perez, returning champion, um, drove pretty well actually. Well. That's you know goes without saying really. He he did a great job and, and took out the race. So great start to him for the season. Notably, no Naya Nagai, no Nagai son for round one. So he's put himself a little bit behind the eight ball. Having said that, um, we turn up to round two and lo and behold, Nagai son's back and he's dropped it on pole, uh, which was a fantastic effort. Um, uh, I will say it was a our first time out of the 5k strength of field in I think the last seven or eight weeks um, we averaged 5k as we said last week uh, we averaged that for the season we did a 49.89 with a 20 car field at Barber Motorsports Park which was outstanding we really talks to the community turning up and backing the series and getting the most out of it, which is brilliant. It would be, I would suggest to you, the second highest strength of field was the race before at 4,500. If you saw one over 3K the rest of the week, you were, you know, you're doing pretty well. So, again, thank you to the community for the the support they've given us. It's absolutely brilliant. As I said, uh, now you're a guy, chucked it on pole. Brett McBurney for McFlabby Racing, Leading ANZ driver chucked it on the front row of the grid, 89 one thousandths behind the guy. So brilliant drive from Brett. Well done, sir. Well played. Uh, Ollie Peacock uh, back, who's always been a good qualifier, actually, the UK and I driver. He was in third. Uh, and Takumi Yamato, the second of the Japanese drivers on the grid, started fourth with a third one, a tail gunner, Hikaru Sasaki, starting out of fifth. The other ANZ drivers in the field, oh, I should note, actually, something that set up the story of the race, Christian Perez only qualified in seventh, uh, which was interesting and notable. Um, Donald Sabanal was the, one of the other ANZ drivers. He started in ninth. He snuck in. There were two drivers, car number 19 and 20. Uh, Sabanal was car number 20, who had identical I rating coming into the race. Uh, 37.05, I think the last two. Everyone else was above 4K, uh, but they had the identical I rating. One more driver, because there were two splits of 20, one more driver and we have three splits, and I reckon we cracked nearly 5.5K strength of field, but better to have a full grid of 20 and be under in my book. So 
Anyway, Donald started ninth. Vasco, the other ANZ driver, excuse me, started in 10th. Uh, Neil Gardner, he's back in the top split. Well done, Neil. He qualified in 11th. I think they were the only... Oh, and of course, the Cowboy, the other ANZ driver, he had a poor night on the grid for, for his perspective or his recent form. Started out a 19th. Um, and it was one and a half seconds, so it suggests he probably didn't get his second lap in. Um, so we turn to the race, 16 laps around Barber Motorsports Park. And can I say, if you've got the time, go check out the race replay because Barber is notorious for being pretty poorly participated across all series. But the racing last night for round two of season 27, it's up on the top split on YouTube, shows you how it can be done. The racing was absolutely superb throughout the field, racing side by side through parts of the circuit that you just wouldn't have thought it possible, uh, and it was absolutely brilliant. Anyway, what we saw was Nalia Nagai take advantage of um, a, a bit of that battling in the early stages to get a breakaway, and quite honestly, he was never headed. And the guy took out the race by nearly five seconds, uh, which was outstanding. He is very, very strong on one lap pace. And if you leave him to his own devices, he'll drive away with it. Now, what that left behind was battles aplenty. Um, the, the front group was, was fractured briefly. Uh, saw a, a lead, a secondary pack of uh, three, I think it was, of Peacock, McBurney and Sasaki. Uh, the two Jap- uh, the second Japanese driver at the time, and Yamada might have been in there as well. Uh, I'm just tr- stretching my memory banks of the old man brain at the moment. But what we saw behind there was Perez stuck back a bit further with a gap to bridge, and he wasn't happy about it, but it really made for the ongoing developing story in the race. He worked his way forward after an early sort of incident and then had the uh, daunting challenge of chasing down uh, that that front pack minus Nagai who was off to the races. He managed to do that, uh, and then the battle was well and truly on. He passed two Japanese drivers in Sasaki and Yamato and then moved on to Peacock and McBurney and spent the briefest of moments in second place before he got swapped again. It was all on again. So, um, look, fantastic racing up front. And then there was this second group. Um, that consisted of the likes of Sorovsky, Amadio, Booker, Devantia fought his way forward uh, as well in there. Look, honestly, go check out the replay. It, it does a uh, better service than I could ever do. Um, but the racing was absolutely spectacular. It's the funnest night I've had at the races, uh, calling a race in a long time. So go check it out. Long story short, at the end of the night, as I said, now you know, guy managed to run away with it by nearly five seconds. Uh, to take out his uh, first win of the season, first one in a, in a long time, breaking the drought after a poor run of luck. Ollie Peacock managed to um, fight the best of the rest, fight his way forward to be the best of the rest and finish second, ahead of Brett McBurney, uh, who rounded out the podium as the leading ANZ driver, and he was in it up to his eyeballs, really taking it to some of the best in the world. And congratulations to Brett on a really solid drive. Um, Christian Perez uh, was on the front of that pack briefly, but then um, had a moment uh, in conjunction with, I'm trying to remember who it was, but regardless, he ran wide uh, and was relegated down to fourth. Not too bad, all things considered, uh, but certainly not where the Spaniard wanted to be at the start of the night. But again, put that down to his quality effort, uh, probably not where he wanted to be at the start, uh, and that translated into the finish. Hikaru Sasaki rounded out the top five in what is his 
debut season. Another Japanese driver to watch. All right, as we dive down to the field to see the ANZ drivers, Vasco Sorovsky had a solid drive finishing in eighth. Uh, Sam Devantia had a, quite an adventurous little race. Uh, he's finished down in 11th. And Neil Gardner, the other ANZ driver there, rounding out the point-scoring position in 12th. Donald Sabinal, unfortunately, um, was right up there in amongst it, uh, punching well above his, his 3,700 I rating uh, towards the front half of the field before he had a self-induced moment in the final sector. And if, once you get on the grass out there, uh, he actually did well not to, to hit a wall. So, But it did cost him um, points, and he, he finished down in 19th. Jumping then quickly to what was the only other split. We went from a just nearly 5K split down to an 1800 soft in the uh, in the second split. Uh, and what we saw by way of ANZ participation, well, the race itself was taken out by Jose Garcia, of the Iberian. But then we saw a string of ANZ drivers in there. Paul Wilson finishing second, the great Nathan Burney uh, finishing in third with a podium there on a Sunday night, which is great. Timothy Harris in fourth. I throw the word great back in there to describe the great man, Ken Himes. He's got a top five finish in there. Um, uh, the stall, the, Well, the two stalwarts there of Mark Jeffo Jeffrey down in seventh and Jason Wilman, who through the week said he's struggling to balance his drag racing, his real-life drag racing and participation on a Sunday night, still backing up and managed to finish eighth on the night. Um, John Elliott, newcomer to the series, an ANZ driver finishing in 14th. Uh, Darren Ball, in 16th and the Dale Moore again a name I haven't called before on a Sunday night uh, he finished all the way down in P20 now tell me I've got the standings yes I do all right looking at the top 20 overall as we stand after two rounds Christian Perez remains on top uh, on 57 points, sitting in second, uh, the actually now the leading Japanese driver. He stuck it on pole last week uh, and had, I think it was a top five or six finish this week, if I remember correctly, is Takumi Yamato. He's sitting in second at the moment, just three points behind with Adam Miles, who's a dead set contender. A lot of podium finishes last season. Uh, and if he strings them together, he'll be right up there, or will remain right up there, currently sitting in Third, the ANZ drivers in the top 20, Vasco Sorosky in the top five, sitting fifth. Sam, the Cowboy Devantia in sixth. Paul Wilson in seventh. Mark Jeffo, Jeffrey sitting in eighth. I note that Nagai enters the season in P9 after two rounds. Brett McBurney, similarly, after his one-round uh, blinder, is sitting in 11th. Uh, and Donald Savinhal sneaks in after his race last week uh, in 16th after not scoring any points this week. Mitchell Nichols down there in 18th, wraps out the ANZ drivers in the top 20 after two rounds. Gents, again, go check out the race on the top split on YouTube. Absolute bottler. Just to jump in quickly, it's good to see Donald back racing again. Um, obviously raced against him a fair bit in Aussie cars, so it's been nice to see his streams been popping up on my news or uh, my Twitch um, notifications every now and then. I noticed he's ditched the VR, though. It seems like he's yep. gone back to the screens. Yeah, great to see him. Great fella. Um, if I could buy him some confidence, he'd be right up there <laughs> with the front guys in, in those sort of races. He's got great pace um, and just needs to change his shade of green a bit. You know, he's in the Milo livery, but you know, other than that, he goes all right. Uh, there you go. So you've heard from Braden and Alex for probably the last time till the end of this podcast because I'm going to wrap this thing up with another three inserted pieces right now. 
So thank you for that, Alex. We're going to move straight into Carl, week five of Anscar. We're going to catch it all up right now. Take it away, Carl. Hello, everyone, and welcome to part two of the Anscar wrap-up for the swan song of the old Atlanta Speedway for all series for round five of the year. As ever, we start off with the Monday night Affinity Construction Truck Series. Gallagher started the night off well, getting pole ahead of the ever-fast Jane Russell. With 115 laps of the track, it was going to be a tricky one for all of the drivers. Keeping the front right tyre alive was key. We saw an early caution as the field got around turn two for the first time of the night, an accident at the back of the pack brought out the yellow. A few drivers used this to get an early top up of fuel, but most kept out. The drivers who stopped were caught out as a check up and a spin meant everyone from around 20 seconds down had to slow up and lost contact with the rest of the pack. However, no caution flag came out, which made their nights much harder. At the front, the battle was furious, with Gallagher, Russell, Foster and Jones all battling it out. But after two green flag stops, it was Luke Traher who chased down Foster in the last few laps, who would take the glory, coming, 21st, uh, coming from 21st to victory. Foster in second, third for Gallagher, fourth for Micklemore, fifth for Jaeger. Championship-wise, it now looks like this. Taking his second win of the season sees Luke Traher now in equal first place with Danny G. Third is Micklemore, fourth Gallagher, fifth Raymond and Skurlock, seventh for Clark, eighth for Williams, ninth for Martin and Phelps. With only 48 points between first to tenth, the championship is still anyone's as we get to the halfway point next week. Next up, we saw the Thunder Series brought to you by Locked On Lads TV, of course. The Synergy Sim Racing 150 at Atlanta would see a great night for the sponsor and their team. But it was Raymond Yeager who stole pole away from Synergy driver Russell. The race saw seven cautions as the high-powered Xfinity cars struggled a little bit on the bumpy old track, a few drivers getting caught out. Up the front saw some great fighting between several drivers all wanting the win, but it was Synergy's own Jaden Russell who took the victory, his second of the season. Skurlock came home in second with Dyson third, fourth for Gallagher and fifth for Williams. The championship looks like this. Gallagher remains in the lead with 27 points ahead of Skurlock in second, third for Russell, fourth for Phelps, fifth for Micklemore, sixth for Patton, seventh for Clark, eighth for Douglas, ninth for Okio and tenth for Raymond. And finally, we head to the 24-7 Sim Services Anscar Cup, brought to you by Performance eStreaming, and of course over on the Anscar Facebook page. DPR were back on form with Pearson taking pole just ahead of Barry Neal on his outside. The race would be one where tyre saving was key, and a few drivers wanted to push too early, and ended up losing out quite quickly. The 160 lap race saw a nice clean run up to lap 43, when the caution flag flew. This saw a glut of cars filing into the pits to get a fresh set of boots and some more fuel. Cautions, however, did breed more cautions, as we saw a spat of them happen in the mid-race. However, towards the end of the race, we had a nice long green period, which saw a cracking race between the front runners. Pearson would end up taking the win just ahead of teammate Dyson, who pipped Hobson to second. Hobson coming home third, with Foster in 4th and Martin in 5th. This means the championship looks like this. Dyson leads 5 points ahead of Pearson 2nd in 2nd. 3rd is Martin, 4th for Foster, 5th for Hobson, 6th for Wally, 7th for Skurlock, joint 8th for Allison and Danny G, with Wellman coming in 10th. 
next week all three series head off to Kota for the first non-oval race of the year. Who will tame the tricky Texas track? And remember that turning right is just as important as turning left. Join us on Wednesday for the Thunder Series on Locked On Lads TV. And of course for the Cup Series, come to Performance e-streaming on Thursday night. And you can head to anscar.com or the Facebook page for me more details. As ever, a big thank you to Locked On Lads. Back to the studio. Thanks again, Carl. You are going, you're on fire tonight. And just so you know, he did a one-stopper tonight. The only one who did a one-stopper in the trucks tonight. He's very proud and excited. So well done, mate. And we'll hear about that next week, I'm not sure. Uh, But we're going to go straight from that. ODSE, the Oceanic Dirt Sim Events, is back. Uh, We've had two rounds now, and the the leaderboard is full of some of the best uh, names you're going to see in the Dirt Australian community right now. Uh, multiple pro drivers from the last series that went uh, in the world of Atlas Sprint Cars. So um, we're going to hear from Brady Baldwin each and every week to find out what happened when he can. Um, and he's going to wrap up rounds one and two of the 410 Sprint Cars tour that they're holding at the moment. Uh, so take it away, Brady. Hello and welcome to the ODSC Recap. My name is Brady Baldwin and we'll be going through the results from the first two rounds of the ZP Images 410 Sprint Car Tour held at the Volusia Speedway Park and Cedar Lake Speedway. Round 1 was held at the Volusia Speedway Park and in dominating fashion Aiden Beerline would take victory in the A main. After quick timing and qualifying and winning his heat he would lead all 30 laps of the A main to take victory only by 6 tenths of a second over Tim Ryan and Harry Stewart would be in third. Clayton Davies would be 4th and Sean Stevens running at the top 5. Blaine Densley would take out the Tristos Race for Life Foundation hard charge reward. After starting 24th he would finish in 8th in what was a great display of driving for Blaine. Round 2 would be held at the virtual Cedar Lake Speedway and victory would be taken by Joel Berkeley in very controversial fashion. Aiden Beerline, Brayden Shute and Tim Ryan were battling for the lead all race with only 2 cautions throughout the 35 lap main event. Unfortunately for Aiden Beerline, shortly after taking the lead, he would have a spin and suffer terminal damage and would end his race with about 7 laps to go. The final caution of the night seen Brayden Shute and Tim Ryan battling it out for the lead, with both of them making contact, would send Shute spinning and Tim Ryan, who crossed the line first, would be relegated to 8th post-race. That left Joel Berkeley the winner of the Cedar Lake round, with Clayton Davies in 2nd and Harry Stewart 3rd. Bob King would be 4th and Riley Bilson in 5th. Josh Barry would take out the round 2 high charger award. After starting 21st, he finished in the top 10. The series points of the first two rounds sees Clayton Davies with a 5 point lead over Harry Stewart with Tim Ryan only another 8 points back. With Aiden Beerline 4th, Joel Beckley 5th. And the rest of the top 10 is rounded by Sean Stevens, Josh Barry, Riley Bilson, Brandon Chute and Nathan Norman. Round 3 will be held this week at the Virtual Kokomo Speedway. Thanks, guys, and talk to you next week. And thanks for that, Brady. It's uh, always good to hear from the Dirt community, and hopefully we can build the series up again because it is one of the it is the best Australian Dirt series that I've seen with some of these names in there, like the very own Clayton Davies and Aiden Beerline and Tim Ryan battling it out week on week is um, some of the best action you're going to get. But let's go back there. Carl Wilkinson with for the third time tonight, wrapping up the week that was Kota, where cars went around all different directions instead of just turning left. Uh, so take it away, Carl. 
Hello chaps and chapettes and welcome to the Ants Car Wrap Up here on Locked On Lads. I am as ever Carl Wilkinson with the and tonight we start off with our trio of track races with the Affinity Construction Truck Series. Texas, everything is bigger in Texas and that includes the track. At 5.5 kilometres in length it is the longest track on the calendar. With 20 corners it would be a real test of skill for all the drivers. 23 brave drivers took to the track for the trucks, with a DPR lockout at the front. It was the Kota King, Andrew Dyson, taking pole eight tenths ahead of teammate O'Shea. We saw a good clean start to the race as the leaders went free wide into the first corner, with O'Shea taking the lead. However, the battle for the lead was not over as Dyson claimed his spot back later in that lap. The story at the front was between Dyson and O'Shea, who would be nose to tail almost all race long. The rest of the field would battle it out as well. From 3rd to 6th, it was a constant fight between Foster, Russell, Gallagher and Traher. But in the end, it was the king himself, Dyson Dyson, taking the victory ahead of teammate O'Shea, Foster coming, in home, coming home 3rd, Russell in 4th, Gallagher in P5. This means that Traher takes the lead of the championship, now two points ahead of Danny G. Third is Micklemore, fourth for Gallagher, fifth for Raymond, sixth for Clark and Russell, eighth for Martin, ninth for Williams and tenth for Skurlock. Next up we head to the Thunder Series brought to you by Locked On Lads TV. The Southern Star 86 would see tricky would be a tricky track to master in the Xfinity cars. The man, the myth. The moustache would take pole position, the 350 of Skurlock, with Russell almost a second behind in P2. The start of the race went clean and well up until Skurlock lost the rear of the car and had a spin, dropping him back down the order, and causing him some strife as the rear tyres got hot, making the car an absolute handful. The story of the night, though, was the starting from the back pair of Dyson and O'Shea. By the 10th lap, Dyson had gone from 23rd to 1st, working his way through the field at a steady pace, his teammate close behind. The rest of the field were giving us an entertaining battle. Micklemore and Russell were battling it out, but a mistake from Russell cost him, allowing the Mitch car to get past. But up the front was a hard-fought win by Andrew Dyson, the Kota King. Micklemore would come home in second in the end his best road course result in Anscar history, with Russell in third, fourth for Gallagher and fifth for Traher. Sadly, O'Shea would miss out on his second place due to no post-race telemetry, meaning a disqualification, but his heroic drive and tough battle with teammate Dyson for the win gave us great entertainment. The lone star driver himself, uh, the lone southern star driver I should say, Aidan Schultz would come home in P8 in the lone star state. This means the championship looks like this after six rounds, and it's halfway point. The reigning champion and Xfinity Whisperer Hamish Gallagher leads 28 points ahead of Skurlock in second. Third is Russell, fourth Phelps, fifth Micklemore, sixth Clark, seventh Patton, eighth Raymond, ninth Douglas, and tenth Carol Walden. And finally, we head to the 24-7 Sim Services Cup Series. The 7th Gen Cup car proved to be tricky to handle on the outskirts of Austin, Texas as many drivers would struggle with the new car and its tricky warm-up period. A few road course aces would come out of the woodwork for the night. night's event, with the main battle being between DPR and Synergy at the front. 
It was the orange car on pole of Dyson, but rookie Luke Rosella trying his best to take the crown just a few temps behind him in second. The battle for the lead was a close one, with Dyson, Rosella and Hobson with less than a second covering them for half the race. A few attacks were made, but the three were stuck with each other until the pit stops came. Dyson getting his undercut would see him get a five second lead over Rosella. Rosella would soon set the fastest lap, chasing him down, and Hobson would sadly spin coming out of pit lane, meaning we had to, he had to settle for third in the fight. However, the highlight of the night was between O'Shea and rookie McFarlane for third and fourth, the two changing position lap after lap, consistently battling through the race. Foster would try an early undercut and it would pay off a little further down the field, where he he had to defend against DPR duo of Pearson and Worley just to keep them off until the finish line, netting him and himself a P6. But in the end, no one could get the crown off Dyson's head as he took the win. A few a flawless race by himself, with Hobson coming home in second, O'Shea third, fourth for McFarlane, and Lobb in P5. Sadly, Luke Rizella lost out on a P2 due to no post-race telemetry, thus facing a disqualification. Tom Freer managed to get his first top 10 in the series as well, congratulations to him. And so the championship looks like this after six rounds. It is Dyson still in the lead, 15 points ahead of teammate Pearson. Third is Foster, fourth Hobson, fifth Martin, sixth Wally, seventh Skurlock, eighth Allison, ninth Danny G, and tenth is Weltman. We look forward to catching you all next week, of course. You can see all the action of the Thunder Series Wednesday on Locked On Lads TV and the Cup over at Performance eStreaming and, of course, the Anscar Facebook page. Thank you so much, and we'll head back to the studio. And thanks for that, Carl. You are a legend. I can't wait to work with you even more, especially with the broadcast this Wednesday night and then watch what you do on your own on Sunday night, unless we get someone to help him, which I'm working on at the moment. However, speaking of Formula One before, let's quickly touch on, I went straight from that into NASCAR and watching the real-life NASCAR Cup cars drive around Coda made me feel really good because <laughs> they kept on spinning off and doing all kinds of weird things. Um, well, uh, was it um one of the guys who's the start? Everyone's gone up to the turn one. He's put the foot on the brakes. One of the the actual uh, Joey Logano is at the front of the pack, leading them up to turn one. He's put the foot on the brake and it's kicked left on him. Then it's kicked right on him, and then he's gone straight ahead, missed his braking mark completely, went up into the offshoot, came back on the track uh, about fifteen cars back, and I just felt so good about myself because if Joey Logano can do that. I'm allowed to do that at every other corner. Maybe not every other corner. We only did one. But um, they, they look so tricky to drive in real life. Um, and I'm glad it's not just me and the sim that's struggling with them. So. The only thing that'd make me feel any better is if any of them died on that um, those big pyramids of death through the uh, first windy bit. It'd be good if, some, if someone hits that in real life. I'd love to see that rip off a tire or something. You know, I've done that a few times in the skippy. <laughs> I um I saw a few tweets on socials after it, and everyone was commenting how boring of a race it was because it went on. It was the longest race in history, just about. There was caution after caution after caution. Uh, but the finish was all worth it, apparently. So massive, big finish. I didn't get to watch the end of it because I dropped the kids off to school, but it was really good to run straight from Formula into Indy. Uh, sorry, not into Indy, into, um, into NASCAR. Hopefully Indy will run after something soon so I can watch a bit more of that because McLaughlin is the championship leader. Let's wrap it up. We've already gone for way longer than we should have. 
Uh, sorry, Braden. I know you're shaking your head at me, but Braden, what have you got planned for the next sort of couple of weeks till we hear from you next? And where can people find you? Um, absolutely nothing, <laughs> to be honest. Um, uh, is it Scops this weekend? Maybe. I think it might be most sport. So I probably should try and do some practice for that because that is an absolute uh, challenge uh, in the V8 supercar. Lots of undulations, lots of off-balance uh, corners. So I guess I'll have to try and do some practice of that. And... I hear the split to SRW V8 Supercars Series Championship is heating up and you're one of those people who's heating up in it. Besides no. your tyres might be heating up and you're probably not heating up. But No, it's about as... I see as it possibly can be <laughs> at the moment. No, championships are well and truly thrown away unless uh, Stefan Lawrence decides to, or Stefan Lawrence uh, decides to not show up for the last round. Um, that's about as about as good as I'll be able to do. I know it's like an endurance round, but um, you know, if I win, he's going to be coming second, and I would need him to come about. 15th or 20th or something like that and that's not gonna happen so yeah no srw uh championship is well and truly over but yeah i guess i'll be racing at imola if i'm not uh managing to get into the scops <laughs> second split i don't know guess we'll see how we go you're gonna win second split and you're gonna get straight into first split then you won't be able to race srw Absolutely not. If I, if not that I would ever win second split, but even if I did win second split, I would not be taking my position in the top split. That's for sure. Um. So where can people find you, mate? Um. Asleep. No. Um. You can find me at uh, Twitch.tv/slash/TheOneDWade, or uh, probably very much crying about my football team on Twitter. Uh, quite a few not very happy posts on the weekend uh, at Braden Talks. Yeah. Send him all the. Port power memes you can um, give this boy a bit of cheer in his life. Poor guy. Instant block. <laughs> <laughs> Alex McKellar, what have you got lined up before we start talking about what's happening with the podcast and I wrap up? And where can people find you? Yeah, well, I've actually been doing some racing, a bit of streaming my own races as well since I've ditched the VR for the time being. So I've been enjoying that. I, had, I did about nine skips this week. So. Um, uh, yeah, we do move to Coda next week, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, if I'm doing that or on a Sunday night, you can find us on Top Split TV uh, on Twitch uh, at 9.15 p.m. Australian Eastern. Well, it'll be, I think it'll be standard time by then. So just check yes, your clocks. Yes, it will be. Yeah. I'm about to talk about that. I'm so yeah. excited. Yeah, so just check your clocks, folks. Uh, it'll go to GMT plus 10. Uh, depending on where you are in the world, that might be useful. Um, or just, you know, if I'm streaming a race, it might be there uh, one or two nights. I did a Saturday afternoon this week, which was fun, uh, albeit a little quiet uh, globally in terms of, well, it was barber, so it is what it is. Otherwise, as I said, check out the race replays of the full 26 and a bit seasons now, into season 27 of Sunday well, and the earlier Monday night lights. Um, and like I said, a real cracker this week. Go check that out on the top split on youtube uh and of course infinite racing services is where we do the lap guys with the great christian perez doing the driving and me bumbling around with the words uh which helps the non-spanish speaking listeners i hope a little bit so other than that mate that's that's about me and we might even catch up with you guys some stage during the week as well by the way you said you did nine races you might have forgot to mention that you won seven and came second twice it's not a bad strike rate <laughs> 
It was not bad. I got a few poles in there too, so it was a, it was a good it was a quiet week. But uh, you know what I like about a quiet week? It's good to get the old get the old tractor and farm out a bit. But um, but also you get uh, the opportunity, and even in a, a soft that's like two k or something like that, you'll get another you know five or even six k driver in there, and you get the great battling experience. A great I raced with Edwin Valerino this week. Um, who I haven't raced in a long time, my Panamanian friend, fastest Panamanian on earth, I call him. And, um, <laughs> and he, he just give it to me. Uh, like we had a great battle, but it was it's just all that sort of skip racing I was talking about before, side by side through everywhere. And it was a, it was a lot of fun. Had a had a good and hard battle with Brett McBurney. We had words afterwards in PMs and stuff. No incidents or anything. It was about style and that. But full pump to Brett. You know, he uh, he, he he saw what I was saying on the stream and. Had a had a message to me after, and then we both had good points, and we both acknowledged it. So um, you know, and we both learned from it, and hopefully become better racers. So yeah, mate, I did a few this week and enjoyed every one of them. Sweet, well done. Now, quickly before I wrap it up on my end, uh, we are trying to actually. I'm, I'm probably gonna. We're trying to get the live version of a podcast to you weekly. Um, so what we're trying to do is is pad out locked on lads TV branding. Um, with an actual schedule and at this stage it's um obviously the broadcast for thunder it will be uh the supercar z series on sunday night and then it'll be tuesday night it'll be the live version of the podcast we're going to change things up a little bit we're going to try and get the guests back in so we can have a bit more of a diversified uh chat with people about a certain topic and then what we've been up to as well all that stuff will be its own separate thing which you can catch live and then we'll put it up on a podcast feed later on for those who don't want to catch it live or who, do, who don't want to go and watch the, the video version of it uh, so keep an eye out for when that launches in the next couple of weeks um, which then leaves us time to do what we just did tonight using results and that's it um, so you'll get that one as normal uh, as well most likely the same hosts do both each week uh, we've got six on the cycle now with a guest hopefully and um, yeah that'd be pretty good if you're interested in guesting with us let us know hit us up um if you're interested in helping us out in some way shape or form uh we are looking for people to organize the background side of things um we're also looking for commentators and producers for the the lads tv side of things as well so hit us up let us know what you're keen and interested to do uh join the team and have a bit of fun and um if you want to race for us you can race for us too but you know we're looking for a setups person somehow I can't do that up for Braden can't do them either. So um <laughs> he's geez, taking his head agreeing with me, I think. I don't know. The live podcast would show that. Anyway. I think that was half my problem in an uh, SRW last night was the fact that I was driving with a mid Ohio setup. I mean I'm, I put I managed to put it on pole, but I don't think it was a very good race setup for the track we're at. So just work you just work with we're what you got. On the line and he's going, Oh, I haven't got the right the fuel actually was a, the fuel made your setup invalid yeah if i tried to drop like... the fuel for the first race it meant that it was too high so i was like oh i'll just use the quali setup i guess and put it fill it fill the fuel so yeah it's probably got something to what do with the fact that i can't race those car yeah everything apparently <laughs> everything anyway so you won't see me racing srw anymore i'm going on two weeks holiday uh to early beach and hamilton island for, for a bit uh two weeks back before the house is ready and then two weeks of probably moving in uh, getting the studio and the broadcast room set up and the rig room set up. So um, over the next six weeks, I'll be a bit sporadic, but hopefully once all that's set up, you'll see a lot more of me broadcasting, uh, podcasting, and hopefully some racing. 
um, by the end of that, we'll be looking at, you know, see where I am with Anne's car and see where I am with the V8 at the moment. But um, hopefully just getting a few officials done. I'm not working as much during the day, so maybe be able to sit back and do some officials and maybe put them up as videos later on, much like McKellar does now. Um, but the other thing we're, we're toying around with is if this Legend series works pretty well, maybe making that a regular every other Friday night or something or other. And um, my idea is to set the broadcast PC up set it up ready to go and just follow the action and then me race over here on the thing but i also try and commentate and we have the whole discord like people in discord chatting away and that's part of the broadcast so a no producer broadcast we'll see how it goes it'll be a bit of fun but let's see that's it for this week everyone thank you Braden. thank you mckella for talking formula ones and other kind of new stuff with me and we'll be back next week probably maybe hopefully uh with more carl withy talking about anscar again and um yeah have a good week and see you later bye